2: Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, we're the Defective Characters. See you guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis Jedi Master James here. Oh, you're
1: that's not different. A Jedi Master,
0: <laughs> you're doesn't not a Jedi yet.
1: Doesn't you're it? You're a Padawan. Somebody
2: has to award you. Does Baby Yoda award people the Jedi Mastership?
0: He can't even talk yet. That's true.
1: The yeah.
2: opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today, we're sharing our experience with self-care in this episode 29 of the Defective Characters podcast. Let's go.
1: I, I think it's very important that that disclaimer really was meant that we do not represent Lucasfilm and anything we say is not Star Wars canon. It's or not Disney. It's, it's not, not what I had down here, but I'll, we'll t- we'll take it. How you guys doing? Pretty good.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. I'm, I'm taking care of myself.
2: Now the, I'm tired and sore. Well, I think self care is good because right now we know that Mike M. Who is Dennis's sponsor? Is actually uh, he's gone. He's out of country. So are Columbia. you? Colombia. Are you able to uh, connect with your sponsor via?
0: I've phone talked to him three there. times today.
1: I I have talked to him, well, through text, but yeah,
0: I don't know. Uh, Facebook Messenger, he he responds to that instantly.
1: But you, but his uh, phone works there too. Oh, huh.
2: do you still catch up with him on a daily basis? Dennis, or weekly at this point?
1: No, I mean, he's only been gone a day. (laughs) so (laughs) It hasn't hasn't been a problem, though. But typically, he travels a lot. So typically, when he travels, I don't keep up with him every day. When he's in town, I see him every day. Um, But if something's going on, I have my fellowship. I am surrounded by tons and tons of people that could, like, Hear me vent
0: and my axe.
1: What?
0: His axe. His axe. I don't know. It what sounded that- like
1: is that a reference to something? Yeah,
0: Fellowship it's... of the Ring. The
1: Fellowship oh. of the Ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. you ever see I that? It.
2: Yeah, I think so. Peter Jackson, dude. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Sure. J.K. Tolin. Yeah, he's got yeah, the
1: little wizard with the glasses <laughs> and stuff. J.K. Roland. Roland. No. <laughs>
2: Rowling. Rowling. No, Rowling.
1: No, No, is that Harry Potter? Potter.
2: (laughs) 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 Who's who's, who's, (laughs) Tolkien? (laughs) Right? Is it J.R.R. Tolkien? Yes, Tolkien. Yes, Tolkien. Absolutely. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? (laughs) You talking to me? So, uh, as you can see, self care is something that we put a lot of effort into, (laughs) Uh, because if not, we would be crazy if we didn't take care of uh, ourselves. So, I wanted to bring it up to you guys. Uh, before entering the program, I'm going to start with you, James, this time around. Wonderful. Uh, before entering the program, what did you think self-care meant?
0: Um, before entering the program, uh, self-care meant uh, staying healthy, um, exercising, um, not putting drugs and alcohol in my body. Of course, I wasn't doing all these things, but that's what it meant to me. Um, you know, paying your bills on time. Uh, there's so many things I could say that I thought I should be doing, but wasn't doing because I was, you know, addicted to drugs and alcohol. So everything else took a, a back seat. Um, when I think about self-care, when I was in active in my addiction, I was, I was so far from self-care. You know, I was just just putting things in my body. I had no business, you know, and it didn't care about the repercussions. I just cared about getting out of myself and not feeling this, the shame and this guilt and, you know, feeling alone. I had a, a hole in my soul and I was filling it with drugs and alcohol because I didn't have another way. So, you know, it wasn't until I, I did come in the rooms that I, I got to realize that self-care was stopping the drugs and alcohol. And replacing that with a god of my understanding, and, and moving on
1: from there. Your definition? Uh, before I came into the room, I don't think it meant anything to me. Really, I don't think I thought about it at all. Like I didn't take care of myself. I just, yeah.
2: You see, you see what what uh, Weber Weber's dictionary says. How is Weber these? Days? The is pretty good. He's it's still right. short. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a, <laughs> he's,
1: got a, he's got a tall heart.
2: If that, if that joke fell flat, that's because I meant Webster. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, I the, actual,
2: the actual dictionary. Oh, y'all are thank boys. you on that. Yeah, we are. Uh, thank <laughs> you. Um, the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's health. The practice of taking an active role in protecting. And, and James kind of spoke on it a little bit. Like what? What were you guys doing? How were you taking care of yourselves or lack thereof? I would say the last year before you came into the rooms and how has that changed?
1: Well, I, I'm gonna go first. Go yeah. go go! Last year I was absolutely not taking care of myself. Before you like, came
0: in, the year before you came yeah, in,
1: yeah, because I was like pretty isolated and like like yeah yeah i mean if you look if you look at my story or whatever like that year and a half before i came in when i was dry i was like couch ridden for a good amount of time i wasn't leaving the house wasn't showering i wasn't doing i wasn't eating i wasn't doing anything it was like the complete opposite of self care you know it was yeah it was sounds it, it like self destruction it was abso- it was beyond self destruction i think before that, when I was using drugs and shit like that, that was self-destruction. This was like, I was already dead. I was destroyed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, same, you know, for me, I was on a path of self-destruction, for sure. And it's it's like I knew in my mind that I was doing the wrong things. And I knew that the party had to stop eventually. I didn't know when or how. Um, but I was definitely on just this road to to this this nasty place you know it was a really dark day when I had my my spiritual experience um you know I I was alone I was scared I was terrified um and you know in that darkness you know a, a light shone and it actually showed me a way out and through that I've just been chasing this light and realizing that God is with me Every step of the way, he was always with me. It just it, it took this miracle to happen for me. And, you know, this past two and a half years I've been sober. It's been a wonderful rebuilding of my self-destructive hole that I was in.
2: So, like, um, self-care. I, whenever I think self-care, I think probably you're exercising, eating right foods... You know, uh, getting plenty of sleep. That's pretty much it. I didn't have a spiritual basis before I came in. And uh, my last year, I... It's funny, like, eh, man, it was crazy. Because I would try to um, eat healthy by being on a diet. The Atkins diet. And with the Atkins diet, you're not supposed to have carbs. Well, I would be drinking my carbs but not eating them. So I would be drinking uh, the ice beers that had a bunch of carbs, but it was in secret. So that way it looked like everybody else. So I would, I would be, basically be on the Atkins diet. The last year, I was just on the Atkins diet the entire year, just eating uh, pepperoni and cheese uh, but like
0: I,
1: how oh, I like didn't a die. Horrible freaking diet. <laughs> <literally>. <laughs> they were
0: Ferroni cheese and butt ice. That's it. Oh That's god. It. That was that was Seven
1: Eleven masterpiece. I, I, I never
2: <laughs> told you guys that. So I what I would do is I would get. They had these uh, things at the grocery store that were little plastic containers that had already pre-cut pepperoni. You didn't even cut and it yourself. Cheese. No. <laughs> and and then I would just. Um, and I, I'm not saying this because I'm like, oh, look at me. It's it was something shameful that to feel better about myself because I, I definitely did not love myself. I was just drinking myself into not feeling anything, and could drink faster to get to that point. If I ate a pepperoni, and then I would be able to chug, you know, ten ounces of beer. Then I would eat a piece of cheese and be able to continue to do that until usually about an hour went by. And at that point, I had about a 12-pack in me. And then I would drive a mile home because I would do it in the parking lot of a grocery store. And like that was consistently my last year of drinking, uh, at least at least four days out of the week and on Sunday as well. And and self-care to me, I thought I was actually, you know, uh, it wasn't that bad. Like I was taking care of myself by being on a diet. <laughs>
1: thinking, thinking that they, the I mean pepperoni th- and the cheese that's, were that's what's so so. But,
2: but I was like, if, hey, if Dr. Atkins says this is actually what you're supposed to do. And by the, by the way, he never like I just want to make an apology to Dr. Atkins because there's a lot of people that I said, oh, yeah, it's what the Atkins diet's all about because I never looked into it. But that's how I was taking care of myself beforehand. I wasn't working out, not going to the gym, not doing anything. I was just having primarily pepperonis, cheese, or those microwavable sausages in the microwave for like a dollar. Things that you can get. I think it's like brown and serve. The little yellow boxes? Yeah, the yellow boxes (laughs) of brown and serve for a buck. I would just get those and that would be my dinner. And I would just be having those. And I I did drink water at night because I couldn't drink beer around people. Mm-hmm. But that's what self-care was, uh, you know, before I entered the program. And, and that definitely changed. How did it change for you, James? Like, what was the first thing of self-care that changed?
0: Um, the first thing was the, you know, just getting rid of the drugs and the alcohol. You know, after that, it was... Um, it was like this. The switch was turned on. So, fortunately, when I had the spiritual experience, uh, the craving was gone. Uh, but for me, you know, in early in my recovery, I was diagnosed with a bleeding esophagus, anemia, and I had a blood clot lodged in my left lung. So, you know, I was kind of forced to. Um, I had quit smoking when I quit drinking, but I was vaping, but I couldn't vape anymore either. So. That made it easy. I had to take blood thinners, and I had to take iron pills, and, you know, I was forced to get on this regiment. Um And luckily, I have a wonderful, caring wife who made sure that I, I stuck to it. And, you know, by doing that, I was able to, um, you know, force myself to do, you know, take my medicine when I needed to. Um, I didn't start eating right, uh, the first year, um, it took a little longer for that. And what I did was I pretty much cut out sugars. Um, I, you know, I still use sugar substitutes, but um, I would eat a lot less breads like donuts and cakes, and just try to eat healthy food. Uh, a friend of mine told me that if you can take the food that you want to eat and rub it on your hands between your hands whatever is left on your hands, imagine that's inside your body and that's how long it takes. So to clean your hands, that's how long it takes your body to get rid of it. So like if you take a Cheeto and rub it on your hands, like that's how long it takes for your body to, you know, just digest it. So I was like, ooh, that's interesting. But, um, you know, self-care also involves spirituality. Um, That means meditating every morning, Um, eating right, meditating. And it involves a lot of prayer for me. Uh, I pray every morning, every night, and I pray throughout the day. Uh, Whenever I see someone I want to pray for, I pray for them immediately. And if anyone says that uh, they have an issue with a family member or they're worried about something, I get their name so I can pray for that person. And um, I I try to do service work um, on whatever I can. I try to pray that I can be... um, put in a position where i can help someone in need or i can just be available um those are all ways that help me to get out of myself and to be um taken care of by myself and god we
2: kind of got a lot to uh to jump into there.
0: thank you james
2: uh as far as like early in program so like the first things that you tried to tackle dennis like what were those um, with self-care.
1: I, think, uh, I don't, I think, like, from the point of, like, where I was, I think the first thing that I worked on, and it was probably, like, started before I came into the room, so it was, like, like, eating. Because, you know, like, everyone's talking about food. But, uh, like, I spent, like, several months just subsisting off of bananas, Like, that's all I could eat. Like, I couldn't eat. Like, I had anxiety so bad, and, like, I just couldn't stomach food. I was always nauseous and stuff. So, bananas were something that I could eat. So, I literally ate bananas and drank, like, vitamin water and shit to live off of. This
0: podcast brought to you by Chiquita Bananas. Ooh.
1: Go away. You're annoying. Did we get get that sponsorship? No, we didn't. James is saying we did. Maybe he knows. No one cut me a check. I... Sorry.
2: you are be holding out on me. James just showed me his bank account. He definitely took all the money.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he spent it already, but it was there. <laughs>
0: Sorry I interrupted you. I won't do it again. Is there anything I can do to make it
1: better? Just just don't do it again. I already said that. <laughs> Change your too. <tude. laughs> So uh,
2: I am curious uh, about the bananas portion. Okay. So uh, how, so how, I, did, how I, did that come up, and was it was
1: it like how long was it was it actually every day that you had a banana? Yeah, I, I, it was the only thing that I could stomach that I didn't that I could like force to put in my throat without wanting to throw up and stuff. So eventually, you know, obviously I'm not healthy at that point, you know, and it's like I'm not drinking, I'm not drugging, so it's kind of like this state of withdrawals with all the anxiety and everything for, you know, and I had no solution. So it was literally, I was just killing myself and so eventually, you know, you can't do that very long before you realize that you're literally going to freaking die. Like it just, you can't live like that and so I would slowly introduce foods that I could eat and like it would move up to like peanut butter on the banana or a peanut butter sandwich to like comfort foods like pizza or chicken noodle soup and stuff. And so over the course of time, you know, I would force myself to eat and, you know, and eventually got to a point where I'd eat cereal and stuff like that. So even like fast forward all the way into the rooms, when I first started coming into the rooms, I still wasn't eating properly I would be able to eat stuff, but I would skip whole meals. I might have one meal a day, like a bowl of cereal that day or something. So it's something that I've constantly had to work on where it's like I don't feel like eating. I don't want to eat. I don't have like this attraction to where like I just need to always eat. I only eat because I have to eat. So like even now, I'll realize, oh my God, I haven't eaten in freaking 20 hours or something. Like I need to force myself to eat. And it's just something that I consciously do now. And obviously I feel better, you know, you gain more weight, you get more strength, you're less tired. And then once I get to that point, now I'm kinda at the point where I kinda gotta like, okay, now that I can eat and I get an appetite back and stuff, now I gotta like manipulate that diet into something like, okay, maybe I shouldn't eat pizza three times in a day, you know, like, okay, good, you're eating, but now like throw a salad in there. There was some chicken in there. there was some, you know what I'm saying? like mm-hmm. and, and adjust the diet to be a little more healthy. So I think that was my diet is the first thing that I started with. Yeah, there were uh, a friend of mine,
2: uh, Chris, who had, I think he had 29 years of sobriety when I came in. He would just always go to meetings. And he was one of the first guys that like reached out his hand and was like, hey, and he looked like like a, uh, uh, not out of shape Mr. Clean, but like that. Like he wasn't wasn't tremendously overweight, but he was like a really big guy. But he was always smiling, he had a laugh that was very loud in meetings. And after a month into sobriety, he said to me, he's like, whoa, you look a lot better than you did when you first came in. Man, you were doughy. And oh, I still, to this day, no. <laughs> and I'm like, so Did whenever, you go? yeah. You? So whenever, whenever, uh, whenever I think back to early, in, and it's funny because, man, like I said, I was, I was pretty regimented on that diet that I was telling you about a couple minutes ago. Yeah, but it was. A and crap I was still uh, okay, banana boy. It's
0: like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was skinny though. <laughs> uh, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, and days. also it looked like you had jaundice because yeah. of the bananas. Um, no, and yeah, we no, John. This
1: was from the alcohol. Oh, part. is that what it was? Yeah.
2: So, um, I think it's I think it's funny that the common thread between the three of us and a lot of people in the rooms is self care is is not really there towards the tail end of our drinking and um, I would say early in sobriety. I don't I don't know where I came up with the idea, but the the, the first month after I was in the program, I didn't really do anything as far as self-care goes outside of that I I guess I stopped eating pepperoni and cheese. Mm-hmm. and I also started eating regularly, but I, I didn't drink anymore. And I cut that out. And then the second the second month that I was sober, I got the idea of why don't I do something of every morning when I wake up and hit my knees and pray? While I'm there, I'll also, the first week, I'll do five push-ups and 5 setups set-ups. The second week, I will do 10. And I got to the point where I was doing 50, uh, and then I stopped, because honestly, that was kind of a lot, you know? But I consistently did that, and I did feel good, you know, because I wasn't somebody that really exercised at all. So even that, was something I was, was proud that I was able to, uh, to accomplish. But it is, it is tough. You know, did you guys learn something from your, uh, your sponsor or which sponsor taught you something about self-care early on, James?
0: Uh, my sponsor, Brian, probably the second meeting we were um, together when we started going through the steps one, two, and three, he taught me how to meditate. And that was a wonderful self-care because, you know, I did that all the time. I've been slacking a little bit lately, but I can always go back to it. Um, By by slacking, I mean not doing it every day, even though he stressed that I should do it every day. And he taught me, you know, just to clear your mind for at least 10 minutes every morning, and then that will give you pause in the day. That was very, very vital. And he also taught me, you know, when it says in the book to... You know ask god for intuitive thought or inspiration and just sit back and take it easy he said that was you know the, the bread and butter of the program you just you just take it easy and not stress so much do the next right thing and wait for inspiration and he says you get the inspiration when you're in the meditation so that was you know crucial crucial to me he's also in the finance world so he's giving me some a lot of good tips on financing and saving and credit and all that stuff. But, you know, most sponsors don't do that. I just got lucky.
1: Your sponsor sounds horrible. <laughs> I'm kidding. God, I love, man. I love your sponsor. He listens to that every, every week. He listens to this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you, Brian. He it shares is a our it's podcast. A joke. It's a joke. I'm He's kidding. listening right now. Good, he'll get a laugh out of it. He's got a sense of His humor. His
2: Kids listen to this. No,
1: I hope not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I accidentally start curse every once in a start while. Start
2: him young. Every um, once in a while. You did twice today.
1: <laughs> Whoops. Um I don't like for me, I don't know if my sponsor specifically I don't know if I've ever had a specific conversation with him about self care in those like terms. I think like mainly like the first couple of years of sobriety my biggest thing was like the fear and the isolation. So that's pretty much what we worked on. So, when, but in doing that, like self care comes from that. You know what I'm saying? Because when I'm isolating and depressed and anxious and, and feeding into those fears, I'm not doing anything. But in the last like two years, I've done so much to conquer those fears. And in like as a consequence of that, you know, I've been more active, going out more walking more uh you know like we all go to Disney World and walk around for hours and stuff and there's like multiple times like throughout the last few years where I'm like wait a second you're tricking me into exercising right now you know what I'm saying because we're going out and doing fun but it's exerting energy which I'm not used to doing you know and like so I think by a consequences of doing like getting outside Getting outside and living life and trying new things that I've fallen into that, like even like like the last like few months, the end of last year and the first few months of this year and stuff has been like nonstop go for me in a way with a lot of good things and a few bad things, but not really that bad and like I've done, like, so many new things. I went rock climbing, like, several times because a good friend of mine's in A couple of good friends of mine are into rock climbing. And, like, you know, that's a new exercise, a new thing that I did that's actually good for me. And there's a lot of little different things like that that just come naturally. But I don't know if we've ever had sat down and had to pr- talk about it. But I also want to point out that, like, a lot of things that I've heard from the meetings and groups and stuff like that where it's like from the state that I was in I have to like start at the basics again you know what I'm saying like you know I have to wake up and get out of bed you know what I'm saying not stay in there for freaking six hours I gotta like take a shower every day I gotta like take care of my teeth I gotta freaking eat regularly you know it's all these things that like we take for granted when we're growing up or when we're whatever but from the state that i was in i wasn't doing any of that stuff you know i wasn't shaving i wasn't like cutting my hair regularly at all i was, you know Mm -hmm. wasn't doing laundry you know and it's these little things like that that i almost had to relearn over the especially like the first year that i was in recovery and my uh My first sponsor, James
2: touched on a lot of the um, things right now. My sponsor and James, we have the same sponsor. And so a lot of what he said, uh, I can relate to my first sponsor, Dave, in in Vermont. He taught me to always say yes to things because I'll end up feeling better. And I think that that kind of falls into self-care because I was more open-minded, you know, it's one of those things if anybody asks you to, uh, to speak at a meeting, you say yes first. Unless you know that, because us alcoholics, we can come up with an excuse if you give us five seconds. So I would always try to say yes first to it. And uh, that was like that with anything in life. Um, you know, I had a friend ask me to, uh, to hike up a mountain in Vermont. And I definitely didn't want to do that and if somebody asked me again now when I have a couple years I would probably say no because it's something I didn't like but early in sobriety I needed to always say yes to whatever was put in front of me and I will say I was able to uh, experience some pretty amazing things because of it you know um, even though it didn't didn't work out at all, all like I wanted it to, a couple of relationships that I had being um, some different guys' sponsors, I learned a lot about myself, even though, um, you know, some of them didn't stay sober and or went back out, me taking some time away from myself and actually saying, "Okay, yeah, I'm going to, you know, um, start a relationship with them. I was able to learn a lot and grow a lot and that's something that I think in your, if you're early in uh, or just sponsored a couple people you're like yeah I don't have anything to offer but then if you write down how you were when you first came in to now it's like yeah you actually got a lot that you can you can bring a lot of experience of how to have a great life so self-care for me is just anything where you are uh, bettering yourself thanks to something you're doing, and um, the the second sponsor that I had, the one that I have right now, uh, taught me to love myself unconditionally, which is something every single morning. And James talks about it too, uh, you know, waking up and really appreciating yourself, uh, because a lot of us didn't for so long, you know, and it's it's important for that.
1: Oh, I, I want to touch on the uh, the yes man thing that you were talking about. Like, James knows, because he's giving me smack about it a lot, where, like, when I first came to the room, my natural instinct was to say no to everything. Like, that's just what I did. It's like, oh, you want to go hang out? You want to go do this? You want to whatever? And my thing would be no, no. Because, you know, I had to be in my little cave, you know, and hide and from the world or whatever. So that's one thing that like my sponsor told me. You know what I'm saying? Just do it. You know, it has nothing to do with you. Just get out and do it. Like just say yes. And it's still like it it kind of evolved from this point where I'd say, No, I can't do that and then they would peer pressure me or whatever and then eventually I'd give in to the point where it would be like, Oh, maybe or I'll think about it or whatever to now like you know, I'm more inclined to not say no immediately. I still like have that problem back maybe or I'll try to think of the reasons why I can't. But more often than not, I do it anyways. And in doing that, like that's where part of why my life has become a lot more full. Where I would say no to everything so I don't do anything. But in the last two and a half years, I've done way more stuff and a lot of new stuff and experienced life way fuller by just being open to it, you know what I'm saying? And like hanging out with James and going to Disney and doing stuff like that. Going to a country concert that you invited us to and stuff like two and a half years ago, I'd been like, no, I'm not interested in doing that, screw that. But in doing that, I have an experience, I have a memory, I have life,
2: Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, And I wanted to touch on too, uh, what you told us like an hour ago, what did your uh, your parents present to you that uh, is eleven days long that you're saying yes to potentially?
1: Oh, they asked me to dog sit for them, so I'm yeah. gonna spend eleven days with my dog. Yeah. Like, and you, no, you you never wanted true. to do <laughs> that. You
2: never wanted to do that. No.
1: Uh, okay, I, I guess I'll talk about it on the radio. Why not? My parents invited me to an eleven day. European cruise
0: they don't even like you
1: well I know and that's what I think they just want me to carry their luggage but just kidding but it, it but it's amazing because like you know I'm like almost like over two and a half years sober almost three years sober the last time that they invited me on a cruise I don't know if I've shared this here before mm. or not but like we were supposed to go to Alaska and this is before I got sober before I came into the rooms and, you know, I'm riddled with anxiety and fear and stuff like that. And, like, we're supposed to go on this cruise to Alaska. You know, you got to fly to Vancouver, get on a ship, go to Alaska. It sounds amazing, right, to see a glacier, see Alaska. Like, James is born there but I or lived there. But to me, it's some faraway fairy tale land that's amazing. So I get all the way up to the point of, like, at the airport, at check-in, checking in about to go through security and i just freeze fear anxiety like i'm going to have a full-blown panic attack like i can't even move i couldn't like physically move myself anymore it's like i can't do it and i had to like you know what i'm saying get my mom's car keys because it was parked in the lot and basically drive home with my tail between my legs while they went off to alaska and I know they were hurt by that. For one, they don't want to see their son in that state. But it also cost them a lot of money, you know, because they couldn't get a refund on it. It was literally the day of when I backed out. And so that sucked. And, like, years go by, they never invited me on anything like that again. And I guess it more like, obviously, the cruise is going to be cool. Like, we get to go see a lot of places that I want to see and, and stuff like that. But it it... To me, it's more personal than that, that like they actually see some kind of change enough to think that like we want him to come with us. Like, you know, like even after everything that I've been through and everything like that, they believe I can do it. And then they want me to be there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a miracle.
2: Well, and that's the reason I brought it up because I think people in in the rooms and maybe James can speak about this too. Like we see the change in each other. Maybe faster than even like family members or friends do because of what gets shared in the rooms, and I wasn't bringing it up to um, to embarrass you about oh this great trip or to like showcase like oh look at all the stuff you're doing look at all the stuff that you're you're able to do yeah that you're able to say yes to something that just a couple of years ago you could you couldn't. No, I physically
1: and you know? mentally would not yeah. have been able to do it at all.
2: So, I mean, that's quite the accomplishment of actually stepping up in that action um, to do, to appreciate that, you know what, this life, we only get one of these. And now that anxiety, even if you might be like, oh, I don't know, it's like, but you're willing, you're willing to do it. And that's yeah. in the promises. And we're going to speak on that next episode. Some of those promises coming true are you can go anywhere, you can do anything, you can have a great life uh, if you just follow some of the principles and steps and suggestions. Yeah. which is so and,
1: important. And I just want to say that James is working on getting his passport, so he's going to become a world traveler as well soon.
2: You should put him in a suitcase and take him with you.
1: No! That, that would be amazing. <laughs> like, Could you imagine? James would be like the funnest person to travel with ever. Are you Betsy? Like,
0: That's what your sponsor says. He's like, <laughs> like, I can't wait for you to travel. Actually, I have plans because um, my children, as you guys know, uh, one will be 13 this month on the... Um, or was it last month? you <laughs> <laughs> such a great paw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I have a
1: 13-year-old <laughs>
0: and a 16-year-old. Two boys. Two wonderful, wonderful boys. I love them so much. But, um, you know, they live um, about 300 miles away with their mom. So every chance I get, I made a – when I moved here to Celebration, I I, I made a promise that I would – you know, spend one weekend with them a month, and then uh, when they have vacations, I would spend as much time as I could. And I've kept that promise, and um, that way, I told um, your sponsor, Mike, he's like, when are you going to go traveling with me? I've got all these plans. I was like, one, i got to get a passport. He's like, okay, we'll get you a passport. And two, uh, any extra time I have is dedicated to my children, uh, because, you know, I'm not in their lives, you know, physically every day. So any cha- any free time I get is going to be with them. So he's like, okay, when um, when the second one turns 18, we'll plan a trip for all of us to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro.
1: Oh, I'm busy that
0: weekend. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not That's... set in stone, but I, I'll be, so my first. My Do you know first... how harsh that would be? I don't know. My kids. I have hear to me saying
2: no again. I mean, right. kill a man um, is in the name, the name right? <laughs> <laughs> Like, do we think it's gonna be easy? It's kill a man, Jaro. Like that's no yeah. one likes Jaro. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this Jaro guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he's somebody that will take people out, yeah. right? Kill a man, Jaro. Hey, Jaro, go kill a man. Is I that can, why they call I
0: him? I am him him? going to Jersey uh, in May.
1: Really? Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't with, brag about that. With no. the wife. Yeah, it's well, it's not called yeah. Kill a Man Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so. I'm excited. What are you going to Jersey for? Uh,
0: reunion. Yeah. College reunion. Oh, that's
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. He went to school with the situation, right? No. No. My wife went to no. Princeton. We don't, oh. we don't reference bad TV shows. <laughs> no. Like, only Star Wars uh, references. I don't know, man. Jersey Shore. <laughs> oh <God>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's bad, guys. Situation's out of prison.
1: Huh? Was he in prison? Huh? Yeah, he was in
2: jail. You really... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give I don't you the, follow... Yeah, the... I'll give you the episodes. You can binge watch no, them. No, <laughs> no, no, I got them no. on Laserdisc. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> um, Minidisc, maybe. So uh, let's let's finish this up with uh, something I don't think we really talked on yet. Uh, who wants to go first out of you two guys before I ask a question? I'll go first. Okay. Oh! I mean, James so, will go first. No. So, okay. so, you already called it. So Dennis, as far as we're talking about self-care... As far as emotional self care, yeah. how in sobriety have you worked on that, or maybe a step or something you heard in in meetings I, that helped you
1: i i think i I think I always go back to like my favorite would have to be surrender. you know what I'm saying we don't have control over people, places, and things, so a lot of my emotional instability comes from like the thought of like not being Worthy, or not like being good enough or from the classic of me not getting what I want. So someone's not acting the way I want. Someone's not treating me the way I want. Someone's not giving me the attention that I want. This situation isn't going the way I want. So I tend to like get depressed or cry like a little baby and have a tantrum. And There's nothing wrong with crying like a little baby. You got to do that sometimes. But so... Acceptance and surrendering and knowing that everything's happening the way it's supposed to happen. It's going to unfold the way it's happened. I have no control of everyone else. helps center me, get me back to like, okay, like I don't, like I can let this go. And that's very important with me. Sometimes I got to do it hourly, daily, weekly, you know? And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. I think there's other things too is using like the fourth step to process those emotions don't like pretend that i'm not angry about something don't pretend i'm not sad or hurt about something identify it figure out why it's that how it's affecting me and process it but then also use the fifth step talk to your sponsor or someone you trust and talk about how you feel and work through it and i think in doing that from before where i had these episodes that lasted like you know like years where complete isolation complete breakdown where like I might have a bad day or a bad couple of days if it's really bad and I'm really hurt about something okay. to most of the time it's it's moments I get this feeling I get this emotion I process it I you know whatever and I give it to God and then I go about my day so it's no longer I don't have bad years or bad weeks or bad I have bad hours bad couple minutes you know so yeah what do you think james what's the question <laughs> <laughs> emotional self care oh um, so
2: what do, you, what do you do today what have you done what's worked for
1: you um, oh also prayer and meditation because that 's what James is going to say ooh oh, I stole it from you. Say something different um, well,
0: today I try to do everything out of love I try to whenever i'm feeling any kind of emotional negativity or i'm if someone hurts me or says something that's not true, you know, I try to respond out of love. Not knowing where they're coming from helps, you know. Um, that's been a new topic for me maybe for the past month. Um, if, you know, when when everything's said and done, all that matters is love. If I do you need is love. everything love. from a loving place, um, I'm in a good place emotionally. Prayer meditation is definitely a key. Uh, It gives me uh, the opportunity to stop and pause and not react to situations. Um, Self-care for me is also, uh, you know, making plans um, with the people I love and keeping my word. Uh, It's still hard for me because, you know, things come up and at the time when I say I'm going to do them, I don't want to do them anymore. But if someone's relying on me, you, gotta, you should follow through. I should follow through. And that's been key for me. So I just started new, uh, making a checklist. I made a checklist of everything I'm going to do this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. After the podcast, i got to go home and clean a stain on the carpet. I have to exercise with my wife, um, make sure dinner's cooked tonight, and then get ready for work. So, you know, I've, I've made commitments. And I've also... Um, I've made commitments on for marriage Monday where we work on our marriage and finance Friday
1: is that because you're only married on Mondays no Ooh.
0: it's just because that I think it was my wife's idea to make a uh, every at least once a week to work on our marriage pros and cons what we can work on i think it's a great idea so she of course put me in charge of it so i make sure i do it (laughs) (laughs) so all these are just definitely when you're when you're married you know you have to um you know it's not just you anymore and then when you have children you know you got to take care of yourself first but you're by taking care of yourself you're also taking care of the ones around you but you definitely have to take care of yourself first
2: Thank you. Yeah. Emotionally, uh, for me, it's just making sure that if I feel a certain way, it's fine to feel that way. And just like Dennis said, uh, if I'm feeling that way, it's just really today. It's just a season. And I have to be confident in the program to get me through it, you know, to bring it up with the, the fellowship, to cut it in half by telling a sponsor. Um, When I find a solution to bring it up in a meeting in a way that if somebody else is going through it, I can also carry that message. Um, You know, I don't think having the feelings or being frustrated about something is wrong because we're human and that's real. But it's, it's just I really hate making amends. And if I can actually feel something, not act out of emotion and instead... You know, work through it in a way that I think the the program helps me, then it happens. You know, like, I don't know about you guys, but on a weekly basis, maybe I have to make one or two amends, and usually it's to the person closest to me, like my wife, you know, uh, or a good friend or a coworker, somebody that you spend a bunch of time with. But there's not like random people. That I just go, ah oh, man, I was like a, a complete jerk to this person that I've only seen a couple times. Um, and that has nothing to do with me, it has completely to do with the program. Do you guys have anything you want to wrap up, or you guys could?
1: Um, yeah. Can we talk about Twitter? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. All right. So, everyone out there listening, I have a suggestion for you. It's not a requirement, but this is a program of suggestions so you should go to our twitter account which is at the underscore characters and tell us what you think we need feedback tell it like let us know about topics that you might want to hear discussed or hear our experience on uh you might want to tell me how good my singing is and how bad james's jokes are and and wish uh mike on his uh happy marriage in his child because yeah. it really means a lot to him but also i want to thank all of our like new listeners we've been getting a lot of attention or like growth on our twitter account and in our listeners and stuff so welcome all the new ones we really appreciate it you know we're not doing this for you. year we're selfishly doing it for ourselves but it's good to get feedback to know that we that our experience does help other people so yeah, go to at the underscore characters on Twitter.
2: Yeah, and say hello. That's the easiest way to, uh, to kind of contact us. And uh, the tradition of attraction rather than promotion is something that we hold uh, true to us. So we appreciate you guys. Uh, that is going to bring a end to this episode of the Defective Characters podcast. Entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember to love yourself unconditionally today. And we'll see you next time talking about the promises. On the Defective Characters Podcast.